I just want to give you a bit of an insight into the AFL Enjoys team. We're a bunch of unique individuals, Matza, Svenda, and Dean. We're going to engage with our minds and our hearts. We're going to exchange ideas, thoughts, and even our energy. And to speak from your heart, you need to have courage. You need to be honest and authentic. We're not always going to get it right, and sometimes you're not going to agree with us. But that's okay, because just like you, we care. Just like you, we're passionate about the game. So if you want to come along for the ride, join us at the AFL Enjoys podcast, because we really enjoy the footy. Hello and welcome back to the AFL Enjoys podcast. I am Dean, joined once again by two fellow enjoys of the AFL, James Matter and a returning George Svender. I'm back, baby. That's it. I'm back. That's it. Welcome back, George. Return from injury. Return from illness. That's it, man. It's good, it's good to have him back, mate. Massive inclusion. Right, we ain't losing this game with me back in the team. Huge inclusion. Hey. The enjoys community was a bit sus that you happened to miss... The pod right after an embarrassing Carlton loss, and you're back after a hundred point win, but we'll let it slide. I know, oh, yeah, that's that's very true. Man. <laughs> Look, man, conspiracy theorists will read into that. Don't worry about it, man. So, so you'll be you'll be reading into it. Yes, or? I'll be reading into <laughs> it. It's true. It is hundred percent true. Oh, no. no, I was uh, I was dying um, on my deathbed, <laughs> mm. and um, I saw like God was calling. And, you know, it was over for me. And I'm like, but what about the podcast? Mm. And he's like, you know what? Fair enough. I also want to see whether Carlton makes the finals. <laughs> So I'm back, resurrected, and, and ready to go. You know what? I'm not sure if it's the real George Spender, though, because he's gone from clipboard to no clipboard but sheet of paper. Now he's on the phone. So, so maybe yeah, it's, it's a clone. It, it is a bit odd, man. I'm not going to lie, man. I missed the clipboard already. Yeah, uh, the real George Spender has a little pimple right there. I don't, but uh, we won't read into that. That's all right. We'll uh, let it slide. Uh, right, so, boys, actually, before we got into the games this week, like usual, I mm. did want to just mention a bit of breaking news in the AFL. Not that anyone cares, but there's a new CEO in town. Oh, yeah. Mr. Andrew Dillon. Yes, that's yeah. his name. Um, what do you I, think of him? <laughs> look, I was just going to say, like, sorry to cut you off there, Matt. I think we can all agree no one cares, but we will judge him solely on how well he pronounces the votes or rather how he pronounces names and reads the votes on Brownlow Night. So. That's, that's fair. And as long as he doesn't try to move North Melbourne like every other CEO the last like 20 years, um, yeah, we'll, we'll take it, I guess. Well, um, speaking of that, Tazzy... Yeah. Hey. Team. Yeah. Flowers for Tassie. Flowers, flowers for, Tassie. for Tassie, man. We're going to be sending our flowers down. Are Let's you guys going to remain North Melbourne supporters when they move to Tassie? <sighs> Get stuff, man. Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. Um, Good response there, no? Speaking of the Tassie team, yeah. I was sort of thinking, what are they going to name this team? Because it's a bit cringy if they name it like Tassie Devils or like... Tassie Tigers. Something, yeah, that's crazy. There's already there's a already Tigers, a Tigers anyway. So, so, does anyone have an idea? I've thought up one, which is a little bit lame and off-center for an AFL team, but I think it might actually work. Yeah, throw it out, throw it out there, man. Tasmania United. A bit of a football soccer influence there. It's not, it's not really in consistent with the other teams. It's not at all. But neither is Suns and neither is Giants. Well, my answer was Suns because I know we take the piss out of the ruse, but I think the Suns are headed down there. You reckon? Yeah. Oh, I don't Magic know, man. Suns. No one wants to play for the Suns. I think yeah. just it's because it's one it's team yeah. for all of Tasmania and the whole Launceston Hobart, I guess, debate and whatever, unite them up a bit. Let's go Tassie United. What about Tassie Ferries? Tassie Ferries, mate. <laughs> the boats. <laughs> the boats. Tasmanian boats. Tasmanian boats. Um, Sorry, we'll cook something up maybe. Yeah. Something oh. I was thinking like, because like, do they have like bad weather? Like, I don't know, like the Tasmanian Thunder? You know what I mean? Like, I know there's already the 
Port Power and they've got like some, you know, lightning bolts. But like Tazzy Thunder. Uh, the Tazzy Fresh Produce. The, fr- the Tazzy Fresh Produce, yeah. Um, Tazzy Casino. What about the know? Tazzy Climate? Tazzy Climates. Tazzy Oysters or Salmons. There's man, options. Man. I think it would be options. the Crocs. Tazzy Crocs. The yeah. Crocs. Are the Crocs in Tasmania? Like somewhere like the shoes or the animals? Right? Yeah, the shoes. The shoes. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, we'll watch this space on the name there. Maybe we can yeah, come up with some better we'll, ones. we'll workshop it. <laughs> we'll workshop it off. Off air. Mm. Uh, okay, let's get into the games this week, boys. We had a Friday night, a bit of a cracking game actually, between the Saints and Port. Port actually edged out the Saints, so we got our tip wrong. Uh, what yeah. did you guys make of that one? Uh, I was I'm just a little bit sad that Port keep winning and we've got their draft pick, but... I was filthy. Yeah, no, nah, <laughs> but look, good on them for, you know, responding. Um, well, Horn Francis specifically for responding because he had a poor game last week. This week he actually looked really good. Um, there was a moment in the game where Jack Steele, one of the premier tacklers in the competition, like he he tackled him and got, you know, holding the ball. But you could tell that took every fiber of Steele's being to get him down. So it just shows, you know, the strength and the, you know, um, the physical attributes that Horn Francis has that, you know, it took Steele everything to get him down. He was looking so, very explosive, mm-hmm. especially compared to the Saints midfield who don't really have that guy that explodes out of the pack. He just looked mm-hmm. like next level athletic. Yeah, I yeah. mean, you mentioned John, uh, Jason Horn Francis. He he was insane. Eleven clearances. My favorite stat. Next yep, best in the go. team was three, and I think most had two. So mm. he was amazing. I, I mentioned it in the previous podcast that Port Adelaide's midfield of Horn Francis, Butters, and Rosie is very young, but very good, and it just sets them up a lot for their future. So irrespective of whether they are successful this year, I think their midfield's going to get better and better, and build with Wines as well as kind of the leader. So. I think they're in good stead. Mm. And plus they have Boku, you know, gives them a bit of a chop out and when they need that bit of experience, he goes in there and he he had his best game of the year. So I actually had written that down as well and he, I feel like the last couple of years he started really slowly and everyone's thinking, oh yeah, Boku's sort of done now, he's old. Mm. And then he just turns his form a few weeks into the season and he was incredible the other night. Best on ground in my opinion. Mm. Kicked the he was one of his goals was like kind of like the clutch winner. Or was that the previous week? No, that was the previous week. Sorry. Well, he was just I'm clean like, though. He was always confused. hitting the right targets, playing the smart pass, and mm. just great work rate as well. So he was a big reason why they uh, wrestled back control in the second half, in my opinion. They also have a really versatile player in Finlayson. Yes, who was uh, one of my favorite players that was playing for GWS. He moved. Um, he plays forward. He plays back. He went back uh, and. Took a couple of important masks in in the last minutes of the game. He can play a ruck as well. Mm. He's a gun. Yeah, plays at the backup role really well. Kicks his goals and he's 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 got a good kick as well. Like you, as well as his versatility, he's got a really good left foot. Uh, another player who this was I saw a tweet from a Port Adelaide supporter, and you know just I like to you know shout out players who you know the fans notice and appreciate. Jed McEntee, high pressure, high effort forward. Gets on the scoreboard, mm. you know. He's he's really found his niche, you know, as the pressure forward. And now that I've said that, he's probably going to get dropped this week. But you know, <laughs> nah, good on uh, Jed McEntee. Well, you Mac- need those players. McEntee, have you said McEntee, that? McEntee, I think. Yeah, you need, you yeah. do need those players though. You've got Finlayson, Charlie Dixon. Mm. Someone's got to be at their feet, applying pressure and, and kicking goals. That's a yeah. small forward. So Him, DB uh, Darcy Byrne Jones as well, yeah. playing half forward as well. You know, so yeah, you need you need the smaller guys to complement the big boys, what and do they're we, they're doing that role quite nicely. One hundred percent. What do we make of the Saints? No one like uh, we talked a bit about uh, power. Well, they've gone into that game 
top of the table, playing really good footy. And in my opinion, in that first half, they were playing pretty well and had control of the game. But just unlike the other weeks, they didn't find that extra gear to really put at Wayport. And credit to Port Adelaide in the second half, they really wrestled back the momentum. They were just that bit tougher, a bit cleaner, a bit more clinical. Um, I think if the Saints play most other teams, they finish them. Port was just really, really good. Um, I think the Saints are still on the right track, though, to be honest. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, they're still on track for, you know, probably a top six minimum finish also. You know, that's that's at the very worst, I think. So, yeah, I wouldn't be too concerned if I was a Saints fan. I'd be, I'd still be very, very high on, uh, you know, on the boys. Yeah, so, and actually yeah. someone we didn't mention for Port, speaking of the small forwards, Willie Rioli was fantastic. Um, mm. There was that one goal he scored where he, where he sold the candy and did a banana from about 30 metres in front. Um, but yeah, mm. mate, love a good selling of the candy, and he just made it look so silky. Um, yeah, good stuff from him. He's such a he's such a good player, man. They, they I mean, I know he had that drug scandal uh, out of favour at West Coast, but Port really picked up a beauty, mm. and a lot of teams need a really good, skillful small forward like him, and Port have him. Yeah. Again, the small forward market this year is crazy. Matt is on small forward watch this man, year. Man, small there's it, there's so many good ones, man. So many good ones. You add Willie Rowley. I forgot about him. Add him to the list, man. Yeah. Add him to the list. Well, I'll tell you what, who's not a small forward, but he kicked one of the best goals of the year, if not the best goal of the year in the next game. Yeah. As a small dude, Mr. Ashcroft. What a goal and a solid win from the Lions. But I think that goal is really the main talking point of that game. Yeah, well, look, I've written in my notes, Daniel Wells walked so Ashcroft can run. Oh, And wow. man, it was it was actually, it was it was better than Wells' goal. That's goals. a beautiful quote, Matt. The, yeah. <laughs> poetic, yeah, my that, friend. I, I, it was, it was <laughs> quite Matt's poetic. Matt's Yeah, no, that was I a agree. really good quote. Yeah, I'm, um, <laughs> I'm really good. <laughs> yeah, man. Nah, the, the thing that made it even harder than the Wellsy one, Wellsy, obviously, it was quick thinking. But you could see the trajectory of the ball in the air and, you know. And he's he directly in front. It. And he's directly in front. Whereas Ashcroft, he taps it to himself on the boundary and still has the presence of mind to be like, you know what? I'm going to, you know, smack it onto the boot. Yeah. I don't know how it went in. I watched it a couple of times. And I couldn't work out how the ball did that. But he made it work. He's a very, very skillful player with great instincts. So... I feel like it's not the last we're going to see of him scoring incredible goals, to be honest. Oh, absolutely. The, the thing that makes me feel better as well is that like he's not going to go at the end of the season and not get an award because Sheasel's winning the Rising Star. And so he can get goal of the year. So everyone's happy. There you go, man. So I'm, very, I'm, I'm happy for him, man. He's, that was his best game as well. That was definitely his best game. So yeah. shout out to him, man. He took over and I think Frio, credit to them to an extent, they came out of the blocks really trying to play more exciting football through the corridor and... Try the handball a bit Try more. Try the handball yeah. game. It was working a yeah. little bit, but just not enough. And they were getting punished going the other way. It's, it's kind of weird that they went from chip kick, chip kick, chip kick to handball, 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 and neither have worked. Well, and then they is, went back to chip kick and it didn't work either. <laughs> well, that's when you know you're a yeah. team that's not all working as a unit because mm. there's no sort of playing on instinct. It's just, okay, we're doing this this week. And everyone's just thinking we need to do that and not actually reading the game. And it got him in trouble. What happened to Freo, man? Let's not let's not forget these guys made the finals last year. We're a pretty threatening team. Melbourne were on that run, that ten goal run, ten uh, game winning streak run, and Freo beat them at MCG. A really powerful team. And what are they this year? They've got no identity. It is a strange one. They've got a lot of those players are still around. They recruited Luke Jackson and um, they lost Lob, Jager Amira, and they lost Logue, and they lost Acres. But they brought in Amira and Luke Jackson. So, 
But I guess that gets rid of two key forwards because they were playing Logue in the forward line. And even though Logue obviously is a better defender, he still provided you know the marking target and he always provides effort. So that I think that is probably the biggest See, out just for them. Getting it to the forward line in the first place just doesn't look smooth though. So yeah. something's just wrong with the whole system mm. in my opinion. I think they need a former Brownlow medalist maybe to come in and just... You know, Fefe or Fifis, oh Fifi, get all, get all, get all um, Nathaniel Fife back in there, and um, you know, um, I, I picked him up in my Supercoach draft, so I'm hoping he comes back in and starts um, doing well. Come on, man. Yeah, he might, he might. But I'll tell you what, look, the Lions did what they had to do. Um, they've yeah. scored a lot of goals lately. Their forward line and just getting bags of goals from a variety of sources, so they're looking pretty formidable. Yeah, they're pretty strong. A, a little bit disappointing for them. They got injuries to Zorko and Rich. They're kind of some experienced players that are going to be out for uh, a little while. I don't know exactly how long, but not a one-week injury. So I don't know how that affects them. But obviously, Rich you know, and, and Zorko drive a lot of the ball from the back line. So we'll see, see how we go with them. I feel like Zorko just plays with the torn hamstring. Every week he's limping <laughs> off. They're icing his hammies every week. He, he always looks like he's limping out there, but he still does the business, so I'm sure he'll be fine. Yeah. Ah, fair call, fair call. They do have a tough next couple of weeks with... Uh, Carlton and then the Dons. So, um, yeah, we'll see how they go with that, with possibly those guys missing games. But, yeah, nah, that's they're on track. They're on track, Brisbane. Yeah. So. Um, now, the next game was a very good game. The Swans losing another close game to the Giants. I did want to just shout out before we even talk about the game. Yeah. The Giants' social media people <laughs> were just in fine form. Before the game, yeah. announcing the game day post, like, you know, today's the day, whatever. They actually wrote... South Melbourne versus GWS. Wow. Oh, got a bit of that's got a that's bit of stick from some Swans fans. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but hey, they delivered. They got the win. Mm. Yeah, no, that's it, man. I, I was going to say I've got one guy I'm going to give flowers to. He kicked three goals and he was a bit of a force in the guts. Perryman. Yes, I actually wrote flowers for Perryman as there well. There we go, notes. man. There we go. I got in there before you. Do I have Perryman so, there? Please tell me I've got him. No, I don't. Uh, nah, did you watch the game? No, <laughs> nah, um, nah. Perryman, Perryman looks really good, man. Another tall, tall-ish midfielder. You know, mm. has a has a bit of presence to him. So you know, some say he's got Bont potential, man. He's yeah. No hey, no one says that at all. <laughs> Not one person. I know he went. You know, he's he's, he's probably still predominantly going to be you know known as a tagger, but you know. Um, hopefully, you know, he's... I don't know. I like, I like Perriman. We'll give him that. I'm glad you mentioned him because obviously Toby Green kicks the winning yeah. goal and he's always a force for them. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they really got some contributors in that last quarter to mm. come back in a really interesting game. I mean, the Swans played pretty well and had the lead and I don't know what's going on with them, mate. They've choked up another one. Um, mm. Any ideas like what's what's wrong with Sydney this year? I, I think it's pretty... I think it's obvious. I think it's... The defense obviously undermanned with all yeah, those injuries. True. McCartan, was it? Yeah, Paddy's still out, and he's probably, he might not play. Who knows? Who knows? Hopefully, he's back. Knock on wood, he can play footy again. Uh, Tom McCartan, I think, did he go out at one point during the game? Um, anyway, Possibly, but, I, I, yeah. What's it called? Yeah, those guys. The defense is a bit of a shambles Rampy's right now. Rampy's out as well. Rampy's out. Um, and then the forward line is a shambolic as well. Like Buddy's not really, you know, he's not really in form. You know, and they're going to him a lot, and I think that's making him a bit predictable as well. Yeah, they don't have a Sam Reed there to you know break packs and you know give another option. So. I just think, yeah, the lack of key position players at their disposal right now is that's that's really what it is. And they missed a lot of easy set shots at goal to kill the game off. Like Heaney had one from about 
I'll say 35 out on a slight angle. It was pretty dead on center. And he mm. kicked it on the full. Like some really horrendous shots at goal. Um, and the Giants just made the most of their chances, quite City frankly. City would be absolutely kicking themselves to lose the, the game against Port, to lose this one as well. It's like it's and, such a competitive league yep. to drop two games like that. And in between, they've gotten absolutely whacked by Geelong. And this was the response game. You've got your rivals coming up. And you've had the lead, everything's going um, swimmingly and you've just blown it completely. So I don't know if they'll hit the panic button. They've got a really good Mm. culture there and you back them into final form at some point, but man, it's been a nightmare month for the Swans. Yeah, I guess the one positive thing you can get is that their midfield, you know, they were starting to get their numbers again. You know what I mean? Like Warner and Goulden. Warner had a massive last quarter as well. Yeah, so that's, you know, at least there's, you know, there's signs that there's still life there. It's just right now with those key, with all those key positions out and you're not kicking the ball well enough, makes it really hard. Can I just... Not call out, that's a bit harsh, but I just want to raise a bit of attention on something I noticed recently, which is you mentioned the Swans' defense. They're lacking a few of their big boys there, but I'm a bit suspicious of what's going on with their smaller players playing in defense. Like you've got Jake Lloyd there, Mm. and then you've got Ollie Florent, who by all accounts can't defend, mate. This guy, there was some (laughs) footage I saw on Fox Footy. He's just miles off his man. He lost Toby Green on a few goals. My question is, you've got Blakey there for a bit of run. You've got Jake Lloyd, trusty. Why do you need him there if your defense is struggling? Surely you just find someone who can actually mark a man. Because I don't know how much he's contributing overall to their ball movement, to be honest. I feel like they've got a lot of halfback options. You know, Florence typically more like a wing. Correct. Mm. So Braden Campbell as well. There's, there's heaps of them. They're, they're a team of halfbacks. Yeah. That's it. So, Left-footed, blonde-haired it's, halfbacks. That's it. It's, it's like it's like your um, Supercoach yeah, draft team. Just, my, my, just halfbacks, man. <laughs> it's a draft dream, really. Mm. Anyway, I just thought I'd mention that because we're talking about their defense leaking goals and you're playing this guy that's small and can't defend on Toby Green of all players. So, bit sus. Actually, another, actually, another thing that I realized as well, Whitfield had one of his better games on a game where he was tagged. Does that make any sense to you guys? No, not for Whitfield. Whitfield makes no sense at all in general, <laughs> he to doesn't. be honest. He doesn't. He needed someone to like annoy him throughout the game to realize, all right, I've got to run and actually get some kicks and you know, be useful. You know, because he hasn't been really, he hasn't been great this year. And that might be just him sharing the responsibility, sharing the halfback, you know, rebounding um, load with uh, Lockie Ash and um, Isaac Cumming. But yeah, he finally had a decent game. So the other thing is Himmelberg was the one that wrestled the the contest and actually gave it out to Green to kick the winning goal. So he was big in the final moments again, Himmelberg. Clutch player, man. Clutch player, Himmelberg. He's a talented footballer. And um, as we were talking about last week, hopefully uh, he doesn't re-sign and comes to Melbourne and plays for North. That'd I'm be very on, nice. I'm working on getting the inside scoop on that one. So Work on it harder. Like, I, I, harder. I, I need more news, bro. I need more Dino's insider, um, you know, um, what's it called? Sources. That's it, man. I'm working, on it. I'm working on it, I promise. Mm. Uh, let's move on to the next game. The Dogs v. The Hawks. Now... The Hawks put up, again, a really great fight for parts of the game. I think Matt has been saying recently, they're not losing any admirers. No, no, they're not losing any admirers with the way they've been but playing, look, even in those losses. Yes. They fell short again. The dogs just overpowered them. Once they yeah. realized there was a game on their hands, they upped the ante and mm. got it done. Bont was looking at Will Day. And I'm like, this fake Bont is not going to do it. You know? <laughs> Bont's 200th, by the way. That, yeah. Hey, Friend of the pod. Well done. That's it, man. No, well done, Mark. Um, the, th- the weird thing with Bont is that like he's such a low-key dude. You know what I mean? Like, there was no buzz around his 200th game. This is the best, like, this is uh, top three player, if not the best player in the league right now. 
Where's the buzz and excitement? There was more buzz for Goldstein's 300 than there was. No, no. <laughs> Look, that might be because we're in, we're North fans yeah, and we true. just you know it's in our face a bit more. But yeah, nah, he seems like a humble guy, Bond. Yeah, maybe he's kind of like, guys, can you just take it easy on the, you know, <laughs> no, don't you know? It's it's not about me. It's about the team. You know, maybe it was maybe it was one of those things. I don't know. Um, but yeah, no, nah, he he had another great game. You know, he's he's in fine form this year. Absolutely. And before we move on, I have some. A bouquet? How do you say a bouquet of flowers? Not, says that you meant to say bouquet. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's a place in like bouquet Thailand. of flowers <laughs> for my boy Mitch Lewis. Hey, yes, this what guy, a return! He was, yeah, he was massive. He's huge. I wasn't sure if I was watching Mitch Lewis or Jonathan Brown, right? This guy, oh. he was true centre half forward performance. Yeah, marking the ball on the half forward flank up the wing in the forward line. Nine marks, I think he had. Hang on, I wrote it down. Nine marks in the first half. Oh. And they weren't easy ones. No, they weren't. Mm. It's a shame he couldn't finish his work because it would have been a, like one of the biggest first games you've seen in a first quarters you've seen in a long time. Yep. Mm. And he was coming up against Liam Jones as well, who's a very capable defender. So yeah, now nah, Mitch Lewis is he, he's that boy, man. He's that boy. He was crazy good. Mm. Um, but yeah, look, the dogs. Like I said, when the going got tough, Bevo had a word to them at halftime. They just destroyed the Hawks in the second half. It, it was quite. Even to half time, you're right. Uh, I think I think you're also right about the Hawks being quite competitive. They've been in some really close games over the last couple of weeks. If they had swung a little bit in their way, they'd be doing like you know. It wasn't. It was only a couple of weeks ago when Sam Mitchell was under significant fire that the Hawks wouldn't win a game this year. Mm. They've been pretty good since then, and they're also relatively hard to score against because uh, it, the margin was pretty close, even in the third quarter. Even in the fourth quarter, the dogs never really blew them away. And it took the dogs 17 minutes to kick their first goal in the fourth quarter. So yep. they obviously, you know, managed them to some extent. Never really a chance of winning, I think, the Hawks. But um, the dogs wouldn't have been too stressed. But they couldn't really blow them away either. So it's, Correct. it's encouraging. Mm. And the dogs just held them to two goals in the second half. So by just raising the intensity and, and blocking them out, it didn't take much to blow the game out at that point. The other thing that was mentioned on the broadcast, which I thought was interesting, the dogs get 28% of their goals from free kicks, which is the number one in the league. So ah. no more blaming Carlton for free kicks, mate. It's the dogs you should worry about. Yeah, true. I was going to say. I, I reckon Cody Waitman has, has a, a bit to say for the free kicks. But yeah, he's, he's the uh, astronaut as well. Yeah, true, true. They're both. I think Waitman specifically. He's a very. He's a bit of a, a free kick merchant. Probably Aaron Norton <laughs> as well. Seems like the umpires would just love him and just yeah, get around him. You, as well. you touch his headband. Yeah, that's mate. it, man. That's it. You know. Um, how'd you like that one? That free kick merchant. Merchant, I loved it. Yeah, it's like a uh, Joel Embiid foul merchant. Hey, man. <laughs> when you foul the big fella, it's a foul. Hey, fair, there's, fair. There's no foul merchant happening. Oh, there. I don't know, bro. I don't know, man. I've seen some footage of Big Jojo, but anyway, that's another. That's a, a story for another pod. It is, it is. <laughs> now, look, the next game happened Saturday night. We had a couple absolute thrillers. Um, some, I was watching North. I was watching North, and I thought, man, it doesn't get much worse than this. And then I saw the little score pop up in the bottom right. I'm like, actually, it does. Yeah. <laughs> I felt, I felt, made me feel a bit better. We praised the broadcast, the AFL, for lining up really big games at the start of the season. They got Saturday night wrong. They I think. botched it, mate. Yeah, I actually don't really see like, did they really think that North or West Coast would be that competitive this year, where you can put them up against two like you know at the start of the year, Carlton and Melbourne are gonna be. Eight, you know, Melbourne possibly top four teams. This is bad. Poor, poorly yeah. done there. Fixturing was bad. Look, the Poor. sad part is 
I lay here on this couch right here because we do film in my living room. <laughs> and I'm just spoiler watching... Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Inside a scoop there. But yeah. I lie and I watch the whole thing. Like, what is wrong with me? Why do I subject myself to I had it in the, I was gonna say, I had it in the background as well. I'm just kind of like, oh, now that happened. And now that happened. I'm watching. Is it now, not a little bit yeah. fun to kind of watch? Like, when it gets that bad, is it not a little bit fun to just see this, no. the goals pile on? Oh, no. no. Look, not <laughs> when it's not. Okay, look, no, no when it's not yet. I'm just weird. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, well, do you, were you back in the day when Carlton were bad? Were you sitting there just going, they lost a no, lot of no. games, man. I'm like, give it to them, man. Yeah. Show them how shit they are. <laughs> <laughs> look, I did get a bit savage at one point. Look, talking about the actual game, yeah. all I really wanted was. To not get embarrassed. I did call on the pod last week, 100 point loss, and I wasn't kidding. We just come out of the blocks looking so bad. And then it got even worse when I saw, I didn't even need the replay or to see him injured, but Charlie Common, get well soon, friend of the pod. That guy yeah. can't catch a break, mate. Yeah, he, and that's a bad injury. It's sad as well because he's just such a high effort player as well, man. Like, yeah, yeah no, nah, very hard to see him go down. I saw it know. happen live. I had my hand in my head. I just felt sick after mm. that. The rest of the game, I was just watching, like, just. Yeah, Dumb, really. Like, did it, it fire up north at all? Did that? Did no, that get him going? No, that's no, the worst no. thing. No. I've said this better fire them up. I better see something from the boys. And it's hard to know if Melbourne just laid off a bit, but clearly not because they yeah just scored goals for fun. Yeah, um, yeah look, Matza, what did you take from North? We've been bad lately, mate. Um, having people that I've seen recently say, "Oh, you know, there's there's some positives there." Maybe trying to make me feel good. But I think they just watched the first two rounds of AFL. Yeah, probably. Those people, seriously, like, because we're right now, it's it's dire straits right now. Like this, uh, were you saying to me that they're going to look to start playing the young guys and just well get over this? Actually, trying to be you know competitive, like we we shouldn't. There's no there's no point having these yeah. old guys out there. Clarko said in his presser last week. Yeah, the intention is to play some senior players like your Daniel Howes, Liam Shields, uh, Hugh Greenwoods, and and the like, Kane no. Turner, even play them to help the youngsters so that they're not just thrown into the wolves essentially. Mm. And then he did also say, if it's not working, like we're going to get whacked anyway, then we're going to have no option but to blood the kids. And then he reinforced mm. that message after the game this week. So That's if I don't see Kane Turner out, for example, mm. if I don't see Dan Howe and Shields out, like what are we doing? Will Phillips shouldn't be getting dropped every second week. Um, you know, you've got Wardlaw, they're managing him. I respect that because he's had a bit of an injury history last year. Mm. Play the kid now. We need something to get us excited. Um, yeah. Well, look. Uh, to be honest, are we playing in Melbourne next week? Playing the Saints. Playing the Saints. There we go. That's a good game to debut Wardlaw in my eyes. Because uh, like I don't want it to be the next week against Port. Like the next week against Port, you know. Actually, do in Tassie. Actually, well, let, let him clean up, Jason. Hey, true, true, true. But you know, if he's gonna, you know, make that his second game, you know, where he's warmed up a little bit. Um, I don't know. Tom Powell went down as well. CCJ went down. It was just. It just kept getting worse, man. It kept getting worse. And it's, I don't know. I don't know. It was, it was just, it was, it was a rough night. Yeah. <laughs> that was a really rough night. The the thing I will say is, yeah, just we got to bleed young guys. Wilfield needs to play. Drury needs to play. I don't even know who else we got, to get be honest. Get Josh Goder in for Aaron Hall. Like, yes. Come on, and man. Miller Bergman as well. Miller Bergman, get those guys in because it's just, I don't know. We need to see how and Shields and Tucker. Yeah. Actually, Tucker wasn't too. He's not too too bad. Tucker's okay, but yeah. yeah. Anyway, we should say some nice things about Melbourne, George. You can you can do that for us, mate. Uh, I'm, I'm needing a well, break. The here. thing is, Dean is I didn't watch this game. 
You didn't need to, mate. Just because say nice things about Oliver and Petrarca, was, and that's it. I was watching another game, which we'll get to. We'll get to. I yeah. watched the first five minutes because North uh, started five minutes before Carlton game. Yeah. And I'm, I remember we were typing, we were texting each other. I'm like, oh, let's see. I was being a bit cheeky and saying, look, I don't know who's going to win this one, North or Melbourne. And then oh, man, within, that, within the first 20 seconds, Chandler's already kicked the goal. I'm like, oh, never mind. Never mind. Mm-hmm. Um, All right. You know what? If we're going to talk about good stuff, Chandler. There we go. Flowers to Chandler. Yeah, he's a good player, man. He's, he's great, man. He's killing it at the moment, man. Yeah. Like if, if Sheasel and Ashcroft didn't exist, he's winning the rising star. Mm. Like he's, who's, who's third? Yeah, that's a good point. You know, he did he get the rising star nom this week? No, no, it was uh, it was yeah, Callahan. Callahan got it. Oh, Ollie Holland Fair still enough. needs to get his nomination at He'll some get point. One. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah, look, Melbourne, they were just way too experienced for us. Mm. Um, footy is an infectious sport as well. Sometimes when you're a team like North and you can't get a handball going, it just like it's contagious. Then everyone loses their ability. Meanwhile, Melbourne's just humming. On fine form, kicking goals for fun, very accurate yeah. as well, which didn't help. Yeah, well, when the um, game's like that, you know, Melbourne's motivated to keep running, keep getting more ball, keep getting more goals. Percentage, it, percentage, as well. like yeah. it's easy to run hard and chase hard when you know that you're likely to get some reward out of it, like Correct. goal, yeah. possessions, whatever. That's it. North is the complete opposite. They're getting smashed. Their players have been injured. They have less incentive to keep going, and it just builds a massive rift. I did want to mention as well, Cozzy Pickett, after the game, actually, he's resigned for four years now with Melbourne. So Huge for them, man. Some Huge. would say courageous of him to stay with his club. <laughs> I know, um, yeah, that's it. Not so courageous if they're a premiership threat, but... Yeah, true. Um, I've got a few grievances to air as well, actually, boys, before we finish up here. All right, all right let's the go. The first one is a very obvious one. I'm sure you'll all agree. Razor Ray. Mate, you're an absolute flog. Thank North, you. Thank you. That was the word I was going to use. North is down big. I can't remember at the time how much it was. Jaden Stevenson tackles. I can't remember who it was. It was a bit high. But there was also an element of a bit of going in with your head first from the Melbourne player. So debatable whether it was a free kick. But I'm completely fine with it being called. And Jaden's just sort of looked at the umpire, a bit of dissent. And you know what? That first 50, sure, no worries. Then as they're running during the 50-meter penalty... All he sort of did, Stevenson, was like lunge in, like he, he ducked mm. and he said something like yeah, that. Yeah, he said, what was I meant to do? What was I meant to do? He ducked do? and he did that, just bopped his head down. Yeah. And Razor goes, whistle, give it another 50. You know what it is? And I, didn't honest- he do the hand? Didn't he do yeah, like the, the, the hand? He's like, give it another one. Yeah, you know what it is, man? Right. He's honestly, he's just, uh, I'm, uh, you know, I don't want to go into personal attacks. So I'm not going to do it. No, but no. I think he realized that Stevenson, right? He realized that Stevenson was right. And then he's like, you know what? I'm not having it. Give him another one. Yeah. That's what I reckon happened. Because like, it's the thing. Stevenson, you know, he was the, there and the guy burrowed into him. Sorry. He burrowed into him. Like, what is it? And the descent rule is in place, correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. to stop and rightfully abusing the umpires. Because I, when I'm watching soccer or something, I don't like mm. seeing the players get right up in the ref's face and swearing at him. Like, we don't yeah. need that. Mm. Um, NBA, it's even worse, man. Yeah. yeah so, we don't yeah. need that at all. Now... When you're just saying he ducked, what was I supposed to do or whatever? Like, that's not a threatening mm. thing to do to an umpire, in my opinion. Anyway. Yeah, I think, what was it? He was the initial thing that he did. And I've realized that, like, so in footy, this is the usual, like, response to, like, a bad call. Mm. In in soccer, it's kind of like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's sort of like... You, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, this sort of it's like, more Italian. More European. Yeah, it's, it is more, it's more <laughs> Italian. Um, um, no, fair so, no, I, yeah. get, I get what you guys are saying. I think... I think the the descent rule, no one really likes it when it's taken too far. And I think it's taken too far 
basically all the time nowadays because no one's really going off at the umpires. Correct. But the other thing is the last thing you ever want in an AFL match is an umpire having a personality. Correct. Umpires are not there for their personality. It's not Thank a first you. date. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> if this guy thinks that he can act like, we should know who the umpire is. We shouldn't know their name. We shouldn't not, like. We shouldn't be able to identify that that's Razor Ray and he's got spec savers on. Like the fact that he's influencing like that, showing his personality, doing this stuff, like he's Sam Walsh kicking a goal. Like, leave me alone, and man. It, it's especially it's disgusting. Yeah, I, I didn't even watch it. and I hated. One hundred percent, man. And look, just one final thing on that, which is you shouldn't umpire the game differently depending on the score. I one hundred percent agree. Mm. But it sucks when you're getting belted. And then the umpire is just gifting Melbourne a goal from a 100-meter penalty. Like, it's kicking a team while they're down. It just sucks. Umpires um, need to be able to need to be able to uh, look at the game and read it. Take yeah. an L, man. Yeah. Take, take an, an L. L. And it's the same thing with, with the, the kicking out of bounds, insufficient intent. I've mentioned it before. I hate that rule. And I think it was the Richmond game. No, it was, was it the Collingwood one? It was Collingwood. Yeah. I think we'll get to it. But we'll get to it, yeah. That makes some... Like, you're not looking at the reading the game... And understanding what's happening, and the ball just goes off the side of the foot, foot or something mm. like that. Like umpires fix that. Yeah, hundred mm. percent. Say, well, like we're saying, you know, you don't want to know who the umpires are. There's only one umpire that I want to know who it is, and we all know it's David Roden. He's the only <laughs> one I want to see on TV and go, oh, it's David Roden, because then he does the thing where he goes, big friend of the pod, you know, David oh, big friend of the pod. Shout out to oh. David, man. Now, just Good one guy. more thing on this game before we move on, because George is very excited. He's about to jump out of his seat here. What are you talking about? Um, <laughs> I've just got a very quick message. I don't want to drag it on at all. all. Right. Very, very quick message for Kane Corns, friend of the pod. He's <laughs> easier he, friend. He loves it. He eats it up. Um, <laughs> Kane Corns, sorry. This guy, he's got nothing better to do on the Sunday footy show than to completely kick north every time they're down. He loves it, mate. Mm. He's an absolute scumbag, in my opinion. <laughs> now, what's he done? He's caught, He's showing footage of North Melbourne getting belted like. Like it's news that we suck. Mate, we played one of the best teams, if not the best team in the league, mm. just about. He highlighted the pressure. He highlighted, highlighted how bad we were. Congratulations. And he also called it the worst five minutes of football you'll see. Can we just take a pause here and remember that this man was participating in a grand final loss of 119 points? Uh, buddy, Ooh. selective memory, let's move on. Um, take that, Kano. Take it, Kano. Take that, Kano. All right, George. All right. Talk to us about Carlton, mate, because I was sitting here watching North get belted, but in the corner of my eye, I couldn't help but notice the Blues had a big, big win. We pretty much watched the same game, just different different teams, <laughs> different jerseys. Um, mm. Yeah, look, Carlton had a terrible game last year, uh, last week, sorry, uh, with Saints. I wasn't there to, to shit on them, but mm. mm-hmm. Carlton fans were very disappointed and they needed to come out with a big showing, albeit against a team that's not very strong and, and therefore... Carlton fans just wanted the Blues to feast a little bit and just have a good win. And then they did that. And I think that's the biggest margin I've ever seen Carlton win. Like I, can't, I think it is. I think it is. 108 points win. is a thumping. And that, mm. I couldn't have expected that. I always think I, there's no part of me that thought we're going to lose. And I don't think you should expect to lose against West Coast with their current predicament. But there is a way that you win. And to win by that much, that that was just one-way traffic the whole game. So it was pretty fun to watch. Tell you what, I did mention when we were tipping on the last pod uh, with Matza that not only did I need to see Carlton win, but I wanted score over 100 points and win by a solid margin, like 50 plus. And I'll tell you what, I wasn't expecting that, but they did it. Well done to them. Yeah. 
That's him, man. Yeah, got to give uh, flowers to a certain uh, curly-haired individual, I think. Of course. Ed Conan? Gonna, uh, yes, of course, Ed. <laughs> nah, Charlie, man. Charlie. My, my boy. Yeah, Your he's, boy. He's a freak, man. He's a freak. Look, it. it goes to show, uh, and there's another game where this happened uh, this round too, which we'll talk about, but if you get the ball to a key forward in a one-on-one, they kick goals. Mm. Fancy that. Fancy yeah. that. But I wonder if that's a strategy coaches may want to think about. I know. Maybe we should, North should try to get some more key forwards. But um, the thing with Kerno, not just that, not just the one-on-ones, it's when he provides an option running up against, running up the wing, he takes a mark and then he pinpoints a player mm. who's free. He did it in the first goal of the game yeah. to Ollie Holmes. That's right. That was gorgeous, man. Yeah. That was gorgeous. And he got the kid his first goal. Flowers to Ollie Holmes, who's been pretty consistent as well. Yeah. Good on the kid, man. Yeah, no, you're right. Look, uh, Charlie Kerner is the complete player. He's he's incredible. He's actually leading or equal to, to Jeremy Cameron now in the Coleman. So they're both statistically on their way to 100. It'll be interesting to see how close they can get this year, but they've both been incredible. Jeremy Cameron is a freak of nature. Still, I still think he's the, the best forward in the game, but Charlie Kerner is like right under him. To right confirm him. your stats, 30 goals each, averaging 4.3 goals a game. It's massive. In the, in the first seven. Super consistent. And um, yeah, in a matchup like that where Charlie, was, the defender was undersized, you know, it was bound to, uh, mm. to, to lead in blood. And the only disappointing thing, wasn't disappointing, but the only thing is I was hoping Kerner could get the <laughs> 10. And he missed one pretty much from the goal square. And he was, he was, it was good that he put up his hand and said, look, you know, it was on me to kick that. Yeah, but bad. funny in the last quarter how they're just trying to get him the goal. And it kind of reminded me of years ago when Brendan Favola was trying to kick his 100th yes. goal. And Hawks had like eight defenders on Favola in the last quarter. It wasn't to this extent, um, but they were pretty aware of Kerno in the last quarter. Probably should have been aware of him earlier. <laughs> true, <laughs> true. Yeah. Um, I've got a new favorite stat that I'm keeping tabs off in these interesting games, which is marks inside 50. Mm. I love a good mark inside 50. I think it's a real sign of how your team's going, to be honest. Because teams that just bomb the ball in there with no idea what they're doing generally don't do well with that, which was Carlton the last two weeks. Nine and seven marks inside 50 for the entire game. How many did Kerno have by himself? Wait, so ha- say it again. How many? For the, the last two weeks, yeah. Carlton as a team had nine, nine and, and yeah. then the next game, seven marks inside 50. Yeah, so this game was seven. This game coming... No, no, the last two weeks. Oh, Saints sorry. Were seven. Nah, now I'm listening. You know, yep. I got you, man. This week, Kerno had himself 11. <laughs> so this guy just dominated. Yeah. Um, but I just thought I'd mention that fun little stat. No, uh, it's a good stat, man. That's a very good stat. Um, I will just add as well, George mentioned, you know, it's crazy what happens when you get the ball in one-on-one. The Eagles midfield matching up with the Carlton midfield, no contest, mate. <laughs> Chera, Cripps, Walsh, they just dominated, mate. Yeah, they even, ate. Yeah, they, they, ate. They, they, they did eat. Um. What do we say about the West Coast? Um, I, I try to think of positives. I've got two, but they're the only two I could come up with. Well, you with watch that. the game, so you you go let us that. know. All right. First positive is is a game closer to the end of the season. So that's the first positive. For them. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's nice for them. Uh, the second one is Jermaine Jones, actually, off the halfback, is a pretty good player. I feel like you've shouted him out like two or three of the last I, weeks or something. I, I did. I did. He's actually he's the boy. only shining light, I think, of West Coast. Jermaine Jones, man. He's got speed. He looks lively. He's the only one that kind of looked like, oh, that guy's playing the game. So shout out to him. Well done, Jonesy. That's it. Okay. Let's, I, got, I got nothing from him. You, no, you got nothing more? Actually, yeah. one more thing I just thought Go of. For it. I just thought of. Collingwood, right? At the top of the ladder. Yep. Yes. 
Eagles aren't. Unfortunately. Eagles no. are last. That is true, yes. Two facts in a row. Two facts. Good. Let me spit another one. They were in the grand final together in 2018. Wow. Oh. So, in that period where they were both fighting for the flag, I know the Eagles won and that makes a difference, but they were both in the same position fighting for the flag. Five years later, Collingwood's top of the ladder, West Coast is last. And West Coast is not rebuilding just yet. So, I don't know what's going on. They, they failed with COVID last year miserably. Fielded players that weren't even on their list. This year, injuries galore. I know that they're 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 struggling at the moment, but what is West Coast like? It's, they like yeah. what are, what would you even do as the coach? Very interesting. You mentioned that because after that grand final, it was actually Collingwood who was making some controversial, questionable, questionable yeah. decisions. With their list. The fans were losing it. Stevenson, what's going yeah. on? And then all of a sudden, it, the flip the script just flipped completely, and the Eagles now, like you said, the youngsters aren't many. I guess they're going to have to get more. Mate, the um, Eagles are mild. They, they're six years away. Like they 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 are in massive trouble. Yeah, I think another thing is that North will probably get another former player coming back as an assistant coach. Adam Simo. Yeah, probably. I, I, I they said something about like he's won what two games in the last thirty. Yeah, three something three in the last thirty. He just you he can't keep his job, man. Unless the boys really really like him. Yeah, twenty six available players. This week. And that's the thing. I don't think any coach can fix it, which is why they know that and they haven't sacked him yet. What I will mention as well, if this Tassie team is going ahead like it looks it is, this next couple of drafts are going to be heavily compromised. Oh, I didn't even think of that, man. And this is the time for them to hoard those picks and they're not going to be able to. At least yeah. North, like, seeing as they were near the bottom with them, even the Hawks fans out there. North and, and, and Hawthorne are rebuilding. We've, we've started yeah. in the last couple of years, whereas the Eagles haven't hoarded those picks yet and time's running out. <laughs> it's a disaster. Their, 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 their best pick or their highest pick has been Jimby, who's pick nine. He could have been a top five pick the way he's playing, right? Him... What before that, Chesser? Who else? I don't even know. Like they just—they've had just uh, not not a lot of uh, first they round. They got Oscar talent. Allen, which is Oscar Allen's good. Yeah, he's a good player. Um, I'm trying to think. They brought in Hewitt this year. They've got a maybe on one hand we can count how many first promising round first hot. round talents they yeah. have. The rest, mate, they're going to have to get very lucky and recruit well and draft very very well. Yeah, be creative with their recruiting. Hundred percent. Anyway, mm. good luck, Eagles. Um. Now, one team that's rebuilding pretty well, but not well enough. The Cats taught them a lesson. Decent win over the Bombers. Pretty convincing in the end. They sort of jumped them early and never looked back. Um, Big Hawk kicked eight. So, almost matched up with our boy Charlie. But what did you guys make of that game? Well, the the Cats, I don't know what they they were doing the first couple of rounds. I mean, did the fact that they had a smaller preseason affect them? But they're, they're really going strong now. And from a team that was kind of in no man's land, now a top four people consider top four lock. They just they look so damaging. The old players are starting to get it, get it again. Hawkins, big one. Dangerfield's had a massive year after not having a massive one last year. Um, so they just they've got their momentum back, and mm-hmm. they're the cats. So they've built into their season nicely now. Yeah, now fair enough. Well, look, Hawkins really had to build his way into the season, and yeah, the eight goals there. It's still two of the top four forwards in the league in their team. So you know, um, regardless of the poor start, you know they've got they've got those two guys. Tom Stewart had a bit of a leave of absence in there, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, and he's come back and he's played great footy. Yeah, it's still a very talented list. 
Holmes has, you know, been consistent as well this season, you know, yep. providing the goods. Yeah, there's, a, there's just a lot to like about Geelong. Um, They're a very, yeah. very experienced team with some big bodies and they just punish the Bombers. Now, I want to give the Bombers some respect though because unlike the Swans last week, Geelong has scored 130 points or thereabouts two weeks in a row now. But unlike the Swans last week, the Bombers actually put up a fight, put in 104 points themselves. Yeah. That could have easily been another... 50 to 100 point loss um so well done to them but yeah the cats are really powerful really experienced um i did mention last week i praised the bombers defenders being sort of that medium size no true key defender all help each other out tell you what they would have liked a bigger body on hawkins (laughs) zerk thatcher just got bullied (laughs) he's half his size mate if you slice hawkins in half He's still bigger than Zerk Thatcher. And he showed it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, it was, it was a bit of a day for key forwards because Wiedemann, low key kick five. Yeah. Second time in a row now. He Even the Anzac yeah. Day game, he was great. He's had two fantastic games, but just circumstances of the match just overshadowed him. Yeah. So <laughs> um, The other one is, is Stringer. Stringer's in good form. And he's a big mm. X-Factor player for, yeah. for Essendon. A couple of years back when Essendon made the eight, Stringer in the second half of the year was probably the best player in the comp. Who's playing in the guts, I remember. Yeah. Like, you'd go in there. He was um, dominating. And then, and then finish the playoff in the forward line as yeah. well. You know? and so it was, he's not the one like that at the moment, but he still kicked four goals. He's, you know, he, he's the package. He's the package. So he's that's, a controversial figure, it. but when he's up and about, he's making the team way better. Mm. One player we did mention on the Supercoach pod, but for those who haven't seen that one yet, uh, Patrick Dangerfield. As captain of the club, he's really stood up since they had that poor start. Only played about 65% of time on ground, but completely dominated. Contested mm. possessions inside 50s. Absolute beast. You're right. And, and they, the Dons got jumped early, and then it kind of stayed at that margin throughout most of the game. So kind of evened up. But yeah, when you, when you give away 30 points to the start of the match, you're chasing your tail, and they, they just couldn't keep up. Yep. Fair enough. Mm. Anything to add on that one there, Matzo? Or nah, nah. I'm, I'm just I'm looking ahead at the next game, man, and it's just well panic stations for Richmond, man. Well, my, here's my take at the moment: Tigers are done. Forget yeah. finals. Forget even coming close to finals. The dynasty is um, gone. Dynasty is gone. Unfortunately for them, look, they had a good run, but I'll tell you what: these guys, I gave them the benefit of the doubt for a few weeks on this pod, saying they've been playing in the wet, they've had a tough fixture. We don't know what they're actually made of. And this was the game to just have a nice routine victory by at least a couple goals. Just show that you're still relevant. And they just moved the ball so poorly in the defense. So many dumb turnovers. Um, lacking the X factor. I know Lynch is out, but there's enough there to kick goals. Just really poor overall. Their fans should be very disappointed. Um, and we'll get to the sun soon. But yeah, the Tigers, they're done. Yeah, yeah it's got a sting being a Richmond fan watching that. It's like, and the thing is, I, I watched the first half of this game before the Collingwood one started, and it was painful to watch. The skills were shocking from both teams. Mm. No one wanted to actually press and, and make any scoreboard impact. And um, the Suns were actually on top. They just like they were transitioning the ball nicely from the back half. There were some nice, nice half-back players, but their connection to the forward fifty was as bad as like the worst of Carlton. Like, just shocking. <laughs> Absolutely shocking. And then Richmond being a, a better team, a classier team, was a little bit more efficient in getting opportunities, but were just shanking it in front of goal. And so it was just, who's who's going to be worse for longer type of situation? Yep. And I know I switched it off and moved on to the other game, and the margin that Gold Coast had just continued. So it did, it did look 
and threaten like if Richmond got their game going, they were going to blow Gold Coast apart and they just didn't do it. Yeah. And it's interesting. I know that Richmond have injuries. Miller not playing. Gold Coast still kind of had the, the power in the midfield to keep going. A weird game. I don't, I don't know. Just a weird game. But six points, Richmond. A draw and, and one win. And the draw in that first game of the year, which especially this year, we all sort of spoke about it. It was a weird game in the sense of big crowd, shaking off a bit of rust. So almost like that point that, that stole off Carlton, like the two points, it's sort of nothing in my opinion. Like it was really just a bit of a ride off that game. So since then they've had one win. And like I said, they, the benefit of the doubt, I'm done giving it to them. They're crap. Well, they would have looked at this game and said, all right, time to get our win. We've had some tough um, opponents. Let's get our win. Let's bank it and move on. Um, but the thing about Richmond is they weren't playing at home. <laughs> they're playing too far yeah, away from home mate, it's so funny how few of their fans go to the Marvel games it's you hilarious. absolute sooks mate just mate, go the comment, the comment <laughs> section of uh, it's a tough game Richmond played well being so far from home I was dying I, was I dying. know the weather conditions of yeah, Marvel yeah, as well <laughs> I know. Man. Mate, even North gets more fans at Marvel come on man mm. um, Matza did you notice I know you sort of a keen super coach observer Noah Anderson um, that boy there, he can play. Now that mm. Tuke Miller's out, he's sort of running that midfield. Um, do you think he now that Tuke will come back can maybe run that midfield and Tuke can play a bit more of a maybe more of a role player in the midfield and Noah is the more classy sort of ball user moving forward? Uh, I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say no because I just I think Tuke Miller just has that. He's got that bit extra to him, man. Like I think his energy, his overlap, he's I think he's just. He's he's their best midfielder still, regardless of how Noah Anderson's going. But look, I don't know. Maybe it would fit them better if Noah Anderson is the guy really, you know, first hands onto it and then Miller's... That's fair. I, I don't know. The reason I ask is because I completely forgot. He seems like he's been playing a lot longer, but he and Matty Rowell are 22 years old. Yeah. Best mates, uh, is it pick one and two in the draft? Yeah. They were, they were. They gifted... These they guys, those like he's 22 man. years old and he's really shown last year and this year he's moving his form as well. Like I still think there's heaps of untapped potential with him. He's really there is, And Raul him. as well. I mean, Raul, his first three games were probably his best three games of his career. <laughs> but the thing is, he's an extremely strong contested player. I don't know if he's going to develop the running game, but yep. his 1% is a really good. And he does compliment Anderson, who is a bit more of that burst player. Rao kind of gets the contested possessions, really high clearance contested possessions player. If every team needs one of those players, mm. so they've, look, got, they, they they've have, got it. They've got pretty much two, three. Got, you know what I mean? Like with two can their midfield isn't too bad with mm. Weller as well. You know, and they've put Lukosius now in the forward line to provide him with another option. Ben King's time to hit some form, kicked a, a couple of goals as well, and he's quite accurate. Kick four, kick four. He did well against North. Last week as well was yep. it was a week before that yeah yeah so Ben King is you know still young as well like his brother Max um, both had good seasons a couple of years ago obviously Ben missed out with the ACL last year but you know he, he's going to be a, a great player as well so if they can keep these players um, in the club not trying to leave and fix some of the patch holes around the ground, then, you know, maybe they'll become something one day. Yeah, I guess, like, you know, that's a fair call because you look at, yeah, Ben King, the midfield group, Sam Collins is also a great defender as well. You know I mean, so that's like the key posts sort of sorted out, which is a, he's a solid ruckman, even though he, he's mainly just the tap, there for the taps, and he doesn't do too, too much more, you know. He gets he, a lot of clearances as well. 
Yeah, that's very cool. That's very, that's he's very not going to cool. run around the ground like a Tim English, but mm. around the contest, he'll still impact. Mm. Well, let's see if they can string a few together because they have had some decent wins this year. This one here, obviously, whacked north. They beat the Cats. So, mm. a bit more consistency and maybe their ceiling is a bit higher than we thought, but they haven't proven that in the mm. past. So, we can't get too carried away. They're like away. a 12th, 13th team. Yeah. And they've been like that for a long time. 100%. Mm. Um, now, with this next game, boys, last game of the round, uh, we were actually at a wedding, Matsu and myself. Yes. Um, so, shout yes. out my brother. Um <laughs> Now, we had a few Collingwood supporting family and friends gathering around a table at one point and I thought, oh, something's going on here. Yeah. Um, and then lo and behold, I just quickly walk over and I see the last 10 seconds of the game and prior to seeing the score, the pies up by a point, the last I heard was they were down four goals in the last quarter and I'm like, these guys have done it again. Mm. And then I proceed to have some conversations discussing how the pies are going this year and one of the, my family members wanted me to pose the question to you boys on the pod, which is... How do they keep doing it and why can't anybody stop them? Because it's getting out of control now. Look, I think the obviously effort is huge with those guys. You know, they've got a, a lot of good runners. You know, um, there was a point in the game where, what was it, Hoskin Elliott runs down uh, Dude. Huge. And he, yeah, hu- yeah, huge play and then gets the um, um, slots, the, sh- the set shot. You know, it's moments like that, you know, that encapsulate the effort and, you know, um, uh, the run that those guys have. Like, even their big key forward in like Majacek, he's not the most talented type dude, but he's just he's constantly running and you know crashing packs and efforts, effort after effort after effort. So it's man, that guy yeah. there, Majacek, he kicked two goals late mm. in the second quarter when the Pies were not playing well at all, and really opportunistic goals as well. And then he's kicked another one early in the third quarter. So within the space of let's say 10, 15 minutes, this guy's kicked three. Absolutely crucial goals for them. Um, what about yourself, George? What What's your take on the pies and how they keep doing this? Look, I could joke and just say that they're drug cheats, but <laughs> in reality, in reality, I think it's the fact that you know they've got evidence that they can come back because they've done it, and mm. so they don't have to fake the belief. They don't. Oh, if we get our system right, if we play our way, they they know they can do it because they've done it, and they've got the team that can actually play the type of football to take the game on. And score really quickly. Other teams, uh, like obviously Carlton's the, the team I watch the most. I, I think they can they may struggle to get the run on and score goals quickly, especially from the halfback. They just don't have the team to do that. But the Pies to do. They've got the running players, like Matt has said. Their skills are elite. They've got I mean them and Sydney probably the best two kicking teams. Um, and so they just know they can do it. And at the end of the day, footy. There's a limited time. So you got to the point where the clock's ticking, time to go. And they go throughout the whole game, but when they really, really have to do it, they just have to take the game on because they've got no other option. And so they get going and they kick a couple of goals and I think other teams just get nervous. They don't know how to stop it. Oh, no, Collingwood's doing the thing that they do. And instead of playing the game the way that got Adelaide the lead in the first place, they shut down a little bit, play into the hands of Collingwood and they just get... They get on top. So it's pretty crazy to see that they like they, they didn't look anywhere near it. Well, Collingwood. Yeah. And they just found a way, oh, side bottom's kicking um kicking a, a point to win it. Well, that's exactly what I was thinking. And in the second quarter, they kicked two behinds. Oh, sorry. The score at one point was three goals oh. ten to two behinds. So the Crows could have been up by more, should have been up by more. Yeah, they were wasteful. Um in the last 28 games, here's a few stats for you. In the last 28 games, the Pies have been 
in 17 of those decided by under 14 points. So a lot of close games. They've only lost two of them, which is wild. And they were both in the finals last year. It's clutch, man. They're unreal. Now, I've sort of been thinking about it as well. How do they keep doing this? And my point of view is this. Their leaders are exceptional footballers, not only in skill, but in IQ. Mm. Sidebottom, Pendlebury, Darcy Moore. Absolutely elite mentality and execution. And then on the other end of their team, their players from about 18 to 22 in the squad. We just mentioned a few. Hoskin Elliott, Majacek, Johnny Noble kicked a clutch goal. The winning goal, Incredible goal, man. Um, Archer's the back. Like there's a whole bunch of them. Even Ginevan's not a lock in the team, but you'd consider him on the back end of the squad. All these guys, um, McCreary, who George will race if we hit 100 subs. That's it. Um, these guys here are the back end of their list, but they're so crucial to the way they play and they're all very smart players, all very powerful in their own way. Um, Ginevan with his explosiveness and agility. Obviously, McCreary is just a really powerful unit as well. So I think they've got that mix of great leaders and then the middle players like Jack Crisps and that, just so solid. And then the back end are just really reliable and really selfless role players. And it's just a perfect storm. Like you said, when the going gets tough, time's running out. They just have that mentality, the system. And the other teams are just getting nervous now. Yeah. I think you're right about the evenness of their team. They don't like, who's their worst player? You, you can't, you know, you're not going to be able to pick it. It reminds me of like the Richmond era when they just everyone played their role, and it wasn't like they had some superstars like Dusty, for example. But that they, they had their team is like, oh, that guy's in the team. Oh, I guess he's pretty good. That guy's in the team. He's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Collins the same. But it's interesting you mentioned Penderbury and Dacos. I think this is the game that Collingwood were were vulnerable. They're at Adelaide with Adelaide Oval crowd. Uh, ben Keys is a great matchup for Dacos, and Penderbury's not playing. Mm-hmm. So the theory in my mind was. Shut down Dacos with Ben Keys, and they shut down Dacos. He still got the ball, but a lot of it was kick-ins. He wasn't effective with the ball at all, under a lot of pressure. He couldn't get any cheap possessions because he always had someone on him. It was either um, Keys mostly, but then Dawson popped in, Laird popped in. They just watched him. Didn't allow him to deliver any or transition any of the ball, and that affected them big time. And Pender really wasn't playing, who is their key leader, decision-maker, uh, never really... Penelope just doesn't make mistakes, right? So they didn't have that, and they were losing, and it became clear. Stop, Dacos. Penelope isn't playing, and Penelope inside bottom won't be around forever. Maybe there's the chink in the Collingwood armor, and I was like, oh, cool. Make sure that Carlton tags Dacos. And then they still won. Yep. And then my theory's out the window. They were... Scrunch, scrunch up the paper and throw out. The pies were... In Back to the drawing board. Yeah, eh? the pies were in front in the game for a total of 21 seconds. And it was the last 21 seconds of the match. Crazy. I did want to say as well, um, young Rochelle for the Crows, gun player, but there was the play right at the end of the game where he's on the wing. There's a guy right in front of him to handball to who then had two options open in the 50 and he instead um, went for a hack kick forward. So the Crows... Had it in their own hands, I think, to well, your point. They, well. they should have buried them early. They should have. Yeah, they should They should have done what they did against the Blues early. Yeah. Um, they just were wasteful in front of goal. They didn't put enough scoreboard pressure on. And if you give the window open to Collingwood, you're in trouble. It's the way it is. Yeah, I've had a lot of good things to say about Rochelle, but this one's going to stink for him. Because obviously yeah. that um, kick directly into the hands of Darcy Moore at the end of the game, that hurts. There's four behinds, and I know one of them was um, touched off the boot and it was a goal, 
but still, like, there was a couple set shots in there mm. that, you know, the you've learning, got to sink one or two of them, you know Learning what I mean? experience, I guess. Yeah, and, you know, um, yeah, he'll bounce back. He's a he's a great player, you know what I mean? Friend yeah. of the pod. So, he'll be, he'll yeah. be good, man. He'll be I good. did want to mention as well, on a point you mentioned, George, is there maybe a chink in the armour? It does beg the question, why are they always, not always, but they are behind in a lot of these games where they end up having to come back. Happened last week, happened um, the other night. So it begs the question, if they've got this system that can get them on a run and with all the momentum, why not apply it in the other parts of the game? So it must be something they're doing which isn't sustainable, but it's enough to get you going for 20-odd minutes um, and really swing the momentum of the game. Otherwise, why wouldn't you just do it the whole time and not be losing? Is it like in when you're playing FIFA and you go ultra-attacking? <laughs> It must be, man. Like, is that what's going on? Because when you go ultra attacking and you go <laughs> team press, all of a sudden all your players lose all stamina. That is that what it is like? And you, you only pull it out when you got to pull out it all probably, the stops. It, probably, it has to be like you can't yeah. run forever, no matter how fit they are. You can't run forever. Yeah. But it's crazy how they can switch that high intensity play on at the end of the game. Why not just start with that game plan, build up a huge lead, and then play I, more I, reserve? I, th- I think it's. It's wild. I think it's partly Collingwood, but partly other teams getting scared and going into their shell yeah. and just allowing them to run through it. Mm. I don't know. And I guess their first gear is good as well, man. Like they, yeah. It's not like they're in this predicament every week where they're down. 100%. Yeah, they're starting games, you know, and well as well. So, yeah. look, they're yeah. the team to beat, Collingwood. I reckon. Mm. I'm going to call it the FIFA ultra attacking. Ultra attacking pies. And team pressing as well. You know, that's, that's, what, that's what it is for the pies. 100%. Now, we have to talk about the umpires. Because these guys, we mentioned it earlier in the North game. That was an isolated incident. Yeah. But in this game here, mate. Some shockers. I'm just sick and tired of seeing umpires pay free kicks. It happened a handful of times on the weekend where a ball up would happen on the wing and the whistle was just blown holding the man and all the players run away because none of them knew who the free kick was for because it's such a stupid free kick to pay. They're all holding each other, mate. Then on the other end, they're missing these high front on contact. Mate, Nathan Murphy got probably concussed again. He's bleeding Man. from the nose. Fogarty, Fogarty tried to kill him. He, and he, he did almost. Like, legit, he, he tried to kill the boy. How like, is that not a free kick? Oh. And then in the goal square, I believe it was Ash Johnson's running into an open goal. Yeah, collected clothesline from behind. And then he got one of these ones. I'm not a Pies ah, fan. I couldn't yeah. care less if they won or lost. But I just can't stand these umpires paying these tacky free kicks around the ground and missing the most obvious ones. Just do the simple things right. And stop mucking around with this rubbish, mate, because no one likes to see such horrible missed calls. George, I know you're pretty passionate about these guys as well. You don't like the deliberate out of bounds. You don't like a few of these new rules, but some yeah, of these I calls... Hate, I hate when the umpires aren't reading the game. And the deliberate out of bounds one is an example of that. Not just because it goes out, a bit, out and there's not an obvious player there doesn't mean that it was intentional. And they've never said, the umpires have never said, like we know that they kind of do like the last kick out of bounds, but they've never come out and said that that's the rule. Exactly so I don't right. care that they interpret it that way. They've never said it. That's not the rule. Like have some common sense. It's shocking, mate. Yeah, like I said, they pay those tacky ones where players are literally running away after the, the whistle blows because they don't know who's free it was. And then the umpire's calling the name out, trying to get them back on the ball, wasting 20 seconds. It's like, mate, if that player didn't even know he was being held, why are you blowing the whistle? Like just let the game happen. They're yeah. absolute idiots, man. The other, the, I just thought of it now. The score review thing. I hate the score review, man. They jump, I love how they jump to the Snicko meter after like 30 seconds. Yeah. Everyone's like, mate, just go to that right the away. The score review's... Do you touch it? Do you touch it? 100%, man. They've got a lot to work on. Um, 
Anyway. Is, is the Snicko thing, is it on the ball or is it on the post? It has to be the post. No, I'm fair enough. Can you imagine if they could do it on the ball? You know what I mean? Put that sort of technology Probably where... Probably possible. Yeah. You, you work out how hard the ball was kicked, what speed the ball's traveling. Yeah, so it's beyond the, it's beyond the you know, the... um And the uh, ball the ball can actually, once it goes out of bounds, can actually uh, move itself back. <laughs> so then I'll buy stop it's, running into players. Maybe. You know, this is clicking to me. It's, it's a horrible idea because like if I was at a footy game and I marked one of those fucking... <laughs> and it's got legs. <laughs> Sorry for that. For that like a $2,000 ball that can, you know, knows how far it's getting kicked. I'm stealing it. Mate, all our money's now gone, right? <laughs> yeah, bad. 100%. Demonetized <laughs> forever. All good. Uh, now, all right, I think we all got that off our chest. Especially Mata. Uh, yeah, if this size goes. Let's get into the tipping. PG friendly. Uh, that's the first time I've like that. How many episodes are we in? And that's the first time I've sworn. That's all right. Considering how yeah. much you swear in your real life. I know amazing. this is this is really. Yeah, <laughs> I'm no. surprised I wasn't in Greek. I know. True. <laughs> true. Uh, next. Next one. Next one. All right. Let's do some tips. Actually, let's. We always forget this. Let's review our tips from last week. Quickly, we got the Saints tip wrong. Unfortunately, we got Brisbane right. We got the Giants tip wrong, and I actually did tip the Giants, so that one's on you, boys. Uh, Doggies beat the Hawks. We got that. We got Melbourne. We got Carlton. We got the Cats right. We didn't get the Suns right. Thanks, Richmond. And we did not... Actually, we did get the Pies right. I think we tipped the Pies. So, in all of that, I think we only got two games wrong, which is a pretty solid effort. So, well done, boys. Let's try back it up this week. Friday night, Blues hosting the Lions at Marvel. I think the Marvel is the, is the key. I'm going to back in Carlton. Just I'm feeling lucky. Uh, not too confident, but it is Marvel. It is probably our best ground. Uh, we know that Brisbane don't travel as well. They're mm. significantly stronger at the Gabba. Very good, very good team. Uh, hopefully, the momentum from the that massive win brings the Blues some confidence to come in and play their way. And uh, yeah. Well, I think my last memory of the Lions at Marvel was that horrible game they played against the Dogs. So, you mix in that with what we know about their away form as it is, Carlton coming off a big win. I'm I'm happy to go with Carlton this week. I think it's a great opportunity to back it up against a good team. Which means I go for Brisbane because then I look like a genius you know, if, uh, <laughs> if they win. But no, to be honest, I'm kind of leaning towards the Carlton end as well. To yeah. be honest with you, just with, with exactly what you guys have said, Brisbane don't travel well, it's at Marvel. Yeah. I'm happy with that. Sounds good. Next game is a pretty easy one. So you would think mm. the Tigers hosting the Eagles at the G. Surely the Tigers get their win this time. So ask, without a doubt. I was going to say, ask me the question. Do Ask me, do, you, do I think? Do you think the Eagles are a chance? I'll give you three letters. N-A-W-R. No. Nice. Richmond are going to go in there and they need to respond. They, they need to respond and they're going to win. So... Sorry, West Coast. That's N-A-W-R. It, it is a very hard no. narrative to sell that the Tigers lose at home to Could the Eagles. That yeah. That no, would be hilarious. Man. It would be. It would be. Um, okay. Mm. What about the Cats hosting the Crows at GMHBA? It's hard yeah, to cat, go past Geelong. Cats at home. Any chance for the Crows, Spencer? Uh, nah. <laughs> so we've got N-A-W to N-A-H <laughs> nah. Nah. No, I'm happy with Geelong as well, man Now, the Suns have a great opportunity Ooh. To take a big, big scalp here Hosting the Ds If they're a serious team They give them a game at least I think they'll give them a game You think so? Yeah, but they won't win <laughs> <Fair> <laughs> 
But <laughs> can they give him a game and win? Or are they going to give him a game and lose? Yeah. No, no. <laughs> All right, Melbourne. Now, this game's always got a bit of feeling in it. Back in the day, they had that elimination final, a couple of fights in it. The Giants hosting the Dogs. Mm. This is this is an interesting one, man, because GWS Astana find a little bit of form. Mm. They've had two close wins. They had the loss against Brizzy, which, you know, is a good effort. Um, and the Bulldogs also getting a couple of W's in the last few weeks. Ugh. I feel like we might be genuinely split on this one, actually. Yeah. George loves a home team. Mate. Georgie does love a home team. Uh, Dean already knows what I'm I know for. George is mine. Yeah. yeah, and he loves the Giants as well. I'm going to go with the Doggies, man. So I'm the deciding factor here. <laughs> You're the you deciding, are. mate. You're right. <laughs> you know what? Seeing the Dogs struggle a bit against the Hawks has me thinking now, the Giants find a way to stay in games and they've got match winners. We've mentioned Himmelberg, Toby Green. I think they can do it. Right. I'm going to go with the Giants. Um, Fair enough. Next game, Frio hosting the Hawks at Optus Stadium. This one can go either way as well. Oh, this is not honestly like this isn't a this is it's not an automatic Frio win, even though it's in Perth. Well, the, then, Haw- the Hawks midfield is actually performing, and Frio isn't. Yeah, and I'm, Mitch Lewis comes in. Yep, I'm going Hawks. I want to go. Are you, it feels wrong. It feels wrong to just go with the Hawks. But I'm going to do it as well. Let's do it. it feels I'm, I'm going for you. It feels so wrong going for the Hawks. Like, yeah. So wrong, but so they've right. Shown, but they've shown quite a bit in the last few games, like we said. But they have to travel to Perth, man. Mate, three, $3.19, not bad. What team odds. bonding experience. Hey, lads, $3.19 for Team bonding when they win. Even North won in Perth, mate. Come on. Yeah, that's true. Hawks can do it too. Um, Port is hosting the Bombers in Adelaide. This is a huge game. I'm purely going emotional Bombers here. I need Port to lose. Give us that top 10 pick, baby. <laughs> port. Yeah, no, I'm going with Port as well, man. Really? No case for the Bombers? They've been pretty good lately. I want, I want to get some, We want to get some tips, man. I want to get some wow. tips. We're trying to get tips, man. I think oh, yeah. despite my emotions getting in the way here, why aren't they a chance? They've almost beaten Collingwood, put in 100 points against Geelong, who's in great form. Port are good and they're at home. We'll see. At the, look, at the moment, Port are in form and you would say that they're ahead in their development. Then you know, but the law of averages means that Port has to lose at some point. That only that's only for Supercoach. <laughs> that's only for Supercoach and for fantasy fair sports enough. in general. And I never follow that rule, and I have to start. So yeah. fair enough. Okay, anyway. so we're going Port there. Sure. Collingwood is hosting the Swans at the MCG. The Swans can't possibly uh, be considered as a chance in this one, considering yeah. form. Yeah, no. I looked um, at this, and this could have also been my NAW now as well. Ooh. To be honest with you, um, but who's going to stop the pies at the MCG? Not the Swans. Not no, this week. Not the Swans. You wouldn't have thought. They're not that guy. They're not that guy. <laughs> You're not that guy. <laughs> You're not that guy, uh, pal. And who also isn't that guy is North Melbourne against anybody at the moment. Yeah. Uh, let nah, alone the Saints. Saints are going to smack, so, us. Gonna smack Saints us. by about 65. You want to go to that game? Uh, I'm in Gold Coast, actually. So that sort of wraps up the pod for the week. And good that you mentioned that. I'm going to be away most of next week, including the pod recording nights. So the boys yeah. will be taking over. Um, Dean's been managed. Yeah, I'll be out with being managed. So, mm. um. <laughs> sort of ruined the surprise, but yeah, nah, just a little little warning, I guess. That's all right. Uh, we're not going to have a host, so Georgie and I, we're going to be a, sh- it's going to be shambles. No, no, you um, boys will be fine. Nah. Um, be sure to check it out. Obviously, we've got all the socials happening. We'll Facebook. just play like a chess game or something like that. Yeah, true. <laughs> I, I can't play chess. No, I'll teach you chess while we're talking about footy. 
Yeah, oh for next God. pod. All right, All done. Right. Just bear done. with it's them like, for one week. I'll be back the week after. Let's say, what is this like? Um, uh, Andrew Tate and the other. We've guy. already started. Who's the guy? It was, it was it was Tate and what's his name? Oh, the guy Piers Morgan. Piers Morgan. Morgan. Want to do the chess game? I'll be Tate. You be Morgan. Ah. Oh, why do I have to be? Why do I have to be? Why do I have to be the fat English guy? We're in trouble. I was. Trying to do the outro here, boys. Um, yeah, well, he's not going to be here, so don't worry about it. <laughs> no, I reckon, yeah, true, true, man. The, the, the oh, next, yeah. It's not going to be about footy, the next one. God help us <laughs> Sorry, all. guys. <laughs> all right, outro, baby, outro. Hit I it. was just going to say, yeah, check out all the socials. We've got, yeah, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook. I've been using the admin powers I now have to comment on a few articles. So if you see the enjoy's name out there, give it a like. Uh, follow Done. us there. Uh, what else have we got going? Obviously, Spotify, um, TikTok slowly, slowly. Yeah, I gotta post on TikTok. Yeah, George has but to I, but I will. You will. You will. That's it, man. Um, and and Dean's gonna post. Uh, sorry, Matt's gonna post on Twitter. Yeah, and Instagram, of course. All right. All right. <laughs> Finally, I'll start. I'll start posting on Twitter. Man. And a reminder again as well. Please subscribe because George will race Bo McCreary once we hit 100 subs. So we're almost there now. And um, it's gonna be a tough one. It's gonna be a tough one. It's going to be as close as North Melbourne and Melbourne. Well, I, I reckon Bo McCreary is scared, to be honest with you. I don't even know if he's going to rock up. Yeah. He's not that quick, man. It's animation. CGI, yeah? Yeah, CGI. That's fair. That one. Well, we'll only find out in one way, so hit the sub button. Um, <laughs> otherwise, yeah, thanks for watching. The boys will see you next week. I'll see you in a fortnight. Um, but yeah, we'll catch you on the next one. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Peace.